0: Hi, friends! Join us as we dive into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are your hosts, Leah, Sarah, Tabby, and whether you're a new viewer or a longtime fan, welcome to Becoming Buffy.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Becoming Buffy. Today, we're talking about season five, episode three The Replacement. Uh, Today is our first Xander centric episode in like a season and a half, I think. I think the Zeppa was the last time. I think you're right. And you know what? I actually am not mad about this episode. I think it's a good episode. It's really funny, really enjoyable, in my opinion, at least. And I think that Xander was like way overdue for an episode about him. Um, I feel like both he and Giles were very neglected in season four. And so I'm hoping that Giles will get his own episode uh, sometime this season So far, it feels like this season has been a very obvious response to Restless, which I love. Um, Typically, the first few episodes of each season wraps up the loose ends from the previous one. And part of what makes season five so great is that the season four finale was all about the characters' fears. So we have a ton to work with and a lot to talk about. Um, And so far, we've seen Buffy reach out to Giles to learn more about being the Slayer and gain a new sister, which is kind of like a reaction to what she learned in Restless. We have Giles finding purpose in life with being a watcher and a magic shop owner. And now it's Xander's turn and even kind of a little bit of Anya, which I was really like pleasantly like surprised to see.
2: I feel like for how Xander is now, he has definitely warranted an updated Episode because I feel like when I mean, we've talked about this before, um, other than I will say, you could argue Zeppo is a little bit of a different lens, but usually Xander's um episodes are highlighting very similar parts to him. Um, Zeppo kind of, but like in a fresh, new way that kind of also projects him into like a, a different growth in his character. And I feel like since he's changed a lot fundamentally throughout season four and then already in season five, um, this was a needed episode. And it says something different than what we've seen
1: in his past centric episodes. So
2: I'm here for this episode.
1: Yeah. It kind of still talks about his identity and finding out who he is and trying to figure out, like, what exactly his masculine niche is, if you can call it that. Because, you know, we talked about in the beginning of the series how he felt really threatened by Buffy taking on the more masculine role in the Scooby gang. You know, I just I think about, I think is the harvest where he's like, fine, I'm not man enough. You know, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to like look like and feel like you act in a way that's not traditionally and stereotypically masculine? And so I really like that this is an adult Xander in a way. Like what are what are the things he's struggling with? And it's not all about sex all the time, which thank God.
0: Well, and kind of going off what you said, Sarah, I felt like this was the most I've ever felt genuinely like related to Xander. Like his struggles are very normal. Like he's struggling with money and like he's he's figuring out life. Like even the part where they're like, Oh, we're gonna check your credit score, and he's like, you can tell he's like, What the does that mean? Like, or it's yeah. like just like things like that where it's like I like seeing the side of Xander where it's just mm-hmm. – it's very normal. Like, it's very – he's very human.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of a, uh, an extension of the Zeppo where he was like, I feel like I'm the useless one of the gang. And this one he's like, I feel like if I could be like the – I don't know what you want to call it, the superior Xander, superior side of Xander, then like everybody would want me more and look at all these amazing things happening to that Xander. It must be because he's this and this. And so th- just those feelings of helplessness and feelings of I don't fit in when in actuality both sides are a part of him, which I thought was a really cool next step.
2: I feel like what's different that's being said about Xander's character in this episode that maybe just kind of hits a little bit more is – um. His other centric episodes have been his specific role in the gang which is really true to his character and is needed to say but I feel like this one is a little bit more um, a stand in for anyone watching it so like I could watch this and relate to him as Tabby like I watch this and I'm like oh like this is kind of what it feels like when you start growing up and have responsibilities Mm. that are like adult responsibilities and you're like it's hard hitting because you're like shoot like there's this whole side of adulthood you never really think is going to happen and then you're thrown into it and you're like, shoot, I have to make all these big decisions. And what I do affects somebody I love, like being in a relationship and having to have those conversations and insecurities with a partner and how they view you um, and having that whole lens of like – Like you're saying, Sarah, like the two sides of each character. I mean, obviously, like there's – we're all multifaceted. We all have multiple sides of our personalities. But I like that it's kind of split into two different parts that have always been a huge insecurity with him. Um, And how every young adult or even someone who's been adult for a long time has to kind of like wrestle with is like this um, responsibility side. um, And then the insecurity being like – Am I too immature for this? Or, like, you know, I don't know. I think it's a really good commentary on how people feel in their early 20s.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Tabby. I think for the first couple of seasons, it was like every time a xander centric episode came on, I was wrestling with is this a not great episode or is it just one I don't resonate with because I'm not a teenage boy? Or is it saying the same thing? Yeah. Right. Right. And there was a couple episodes there it was like the pack and teacher's pet. I was like, this is kind yeah. of similar. Um, I don't feel like we needed both of these in the same season. Um, but I feel like, like you said, it's, it's still something that Xander has always struggled with, but now it's mm-hmm. becoming a little bit more broad to where, you know, girls in their twenties and can 30s relate to it. Yeah, exactly. With, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: And I'm not like a 20 year
1: old boy <laughs> who never went to college, you know? Right, right, which I think both are important, but it is kind of nice to finally yeah. be able to feel like I relate with Xander a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. All right, so The Replacement was written by Jane Espenson, which is great because she has some of the funniest episodes of the series, and it's been a while since we've had a good one from her. Directed by James A. Cottner and it aired October 10th, 2000. So I don't know if I've mentioned it here or if it was just on like the spoiler episodes, which by the way, if you guys are not subscribed to our Buy Me A Coffee tiers, we have some amazing spoiler sections this season. So far, they've all just been fire. Um, and it's always really fun at the beginning of a season too, because there's just like a lot to talk about. Um, so definitely check that out uh, at buymeacoffee.com slash Buffy. Um, but anyway, okay. So this season is all about duality through the context of split personalities and all that stuff, we're going to see this crop up over and over again. Coming off of everyone trying to figure out who they were in season four, or who they are. This season continues that, but it is going to be more heavily focused on Buffy and her two sides. And nearly every person is going to reflect this. So Buffy has fully embraced both sides of her, but is continuing to figure out how to balance them and continuing to figure out new sides of herself. So the Slayer, it's like, okay, what exactly consists of a Slayer? Like I've embraced it, but what am I embracing here? Um, Joss says about this episode, is Xander the awkward nerd with a wisecracking kind of charm or the hot-headed fiery stud who's not afraid to speak his mind? (laughs) Why
0: why is there no in-between there? Like, why can't he just be an average man? Like, I don't
1: The average man has two sides, hot fiery stud and, you know, awkward wisecracking nerd. No, I
0: don't
1: think they do. (laughs) He's he's Joss's self-insert, you know? This is what Joss thinks of himself. Just kidding. Let's not think about that. Okay. <laughs> so there are many references to uh, the series of Star Trek in this episode. It appears to be a homage to the Star Trek episode, The Enemy Within, in which Captain Kirk is split into his good and evil halves. The interesting thing about this episode that kind of goes against every like evil twin trope that is in like every fantasy movie ever um, is that this is a subversion, of course. Because there is no evil twin. Both sides are Xander and both are necessary and needed. I like that twist. Yes, I agree. When Xander doesn't get in his own way, he is actually able to accomplish a lot. And I like that they showcase and highlight that all of the good things that are happening in Xander's life are because of who he is when both those sides are combined, not necessarily because of the better, I say in quotations, half. Um, so surprisingly, I mean, I think a lot of people know this, you guys probably already know this, but Kelly Donovan is a twin brother of Nicholas Brendan. He was actually a set dresser on the show as well as a stand-in and sometimes a stunt double for Nicholas Brendan. Um, and he actually will replace Nicholas Brendan completely for an episode later on this season when Nicholas Brendan gets sick, which is crazy. I never recognized that there was a different actor playing it, which is weird. They're in real life. They are twins, and in almost all of the scenes, Nicholas Brendan played both suave and goofy Xander with his brother playing the double with the non-speaking role. Kelly only spoke in the scenes where both Xander halves have speaking lines. So you can kind of, if you look up pictures, you can kind of tell a little bit of a difference between the two guys. Um, and you'll know. I think it helps. I think it helps like sell. The fact that the two sides feel so different because sometimes it feels like it's not quite the Xander that we know, and that's because that's Nicholas Brendan's brother playing that part, which I think is kind of cool and helps sell the whole thing. Yeah, and then just last of all, like I think this episode is really fun. There was a couple of moments that I legitimately just laughed out loud. I thought they were really funny. Um, again, it's one of those episodes that everybody has something to do. Everybody is at their best, and it's just – it's a really fun episode to watch, and I wasn't cringing the entire time, which is unusual for a Xander-centric episode.
2: So this is the last episode in the basement primarily. Hallelujah. Yabee for that. Um, we have Riley and Buffy, and then we have Xander and Anya, and do we know if her dislocated arm was written to the script, or did she have like – was this an actual injury
0: I was about to say, I was like, I thought I was on the wrong episode when I first started this. I was like, oh, did I did I miss one? Because I didn't remember her dislocating her
1: shoulder. She got pushed by that vampire when she was trying to rescue Dawn. The last episode, oh. she got pushed back into the kitchen. I guess I'm so used to Buffy getting like thrown around
0: and then like yeah. yeah. the
1: next episode that like when other people have injuries, I'm like, where is that from? Yeah. But what a really – Really cool carryover from the last episode. Like it made sense for Anya to and be they trying did to stop with Dawn, it too, and they actually went somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so good, and that's a, that's the a thing that makes me love season five. The details are really good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene in the basement. So first of all, it's been a while since we've th- seen them all hang out like this, but also right from the get go, this feels like a Xander episode, um, because they're watching a movie. Do you guys remember the Mummy Girl? Movie. Yeah, uh-huh. yep. Then when like Xander's braiding like uh, Willow's hair and they're watching uh-huh. a music video.
2: Well, and in um in uh Restless, he yeah. they watch a movie and then they end up using it in his dream specifically. Great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think the fact when they're in the basement. Two, they're watching a movie. Like, it immediately feels like a Xander-centric episode. Um, and then we talked about in Restless how the basement is a place that Xander is trying to escape from. So immediately we're like – we we feel like they've set everything up with the context. Um, like, we, we understand, like, where they're kind of trying to go from here. And side note, Anya's hair is absolutely great. This episode, it looked very 40s. I liked it a lot. She
2: definitely has one of those faces that, like, could play in, like, a movie set – and the 40s and 50s and I would believe it. You know how those there's that like running joke that it's like, would this person, does this person know what an iPhone is? Um, and like uh, period pieces or whatever. Oh, and it's yeah. like there's some people that just don't fit. And then there's some people that are just like made for those eras. Well, that's why Emma Caulfield worked so well in WandaVision in uh, the black and white. I was just white. thinking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. She has a very classic face. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're watching like an action movie and I like the small details in, in Xander-centric episodes where since he's supposed to be like the the eyes or like the, the person who observes in the gang, like he – there's always these small little moments that he's like watching and then alternates his actions based on what he observes. And we see that a lot in I feel like season three of Buffy um, – there are a few times where I've noticed him like observing and then just like overcorrecting mainly with like his relation- secret relationship with Willow but in this one it's like he's observing like Riley like massaging um, Buffy's shoulders and he tries doing that with Anya unaware of you know, his girlfriend having a dislocated shoulder. I'm like, come on, Xander. That was kind
1: of funny. <laughs> okay. I just, I- like,
0: okay. I feel like even the quote-unquote sweet moments between Riley and Buffy just, like, <laughs> make me so viscerally uncomfortable. <laughs> like, even, like, him, like, Riley trying to be a good boyfriend and be like, you know, enjoy, like, you know, watch a movie, just came off as so condescending. Like, she literally tells him, she said, like, no, I'm enjoying studying right now. Like, and he's like, relax relax i'm like she just told you she's enjoying this like she's not doing it because someone has a deadline on her like she's doing it because she wants to learn more she wants to get better like mm-hmm. oh my god i just i can't i just can't with him
1: i'm really like okay so it's funny sometimes when i'm watching these episodes i forget what all happens in the entire episode so as i'm going back i'm like oh yeah that that happens in this episode and i don't remember a lot of the micro Um, conversations between characters apart from like Buffy. And so I was watching this and I wrote initially in my notes, I'm torn on this one because I 100% get, get where Riley is coming from when he's like, hey, like be in the moment to Buffy but it's obviously not about him wanting her attention or her to relax. Like we got a hint of this in episode one. I wrote the language he uses here is really telling. He wants girl Buffy, not slayer Buffy. We aren't sure exactly why at this point, but the clues seem to indicate it's because he feels insecure about not being in the military anymore, but it's odd that he would try to diminish diminish her because of it. But then we get to the middle of the episode. We won't talk about it too much now, but Mm -hmm. like the scene in the car and you're like, that's very different from what you're showing us at the yeah. beginning of it and i will i'll go off on it like when we get to the end of the episode and stuff um but as i was going through i was having a really hard time nailing whether or not I liked Riley in this episode or I was bugged by him and then what they were trying to do with him because I feel like they did two very different things. And maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to show the duality of Riley. I don't think so, but that's just what happened. So I agree with you, Leah. You
2: know, I kind of had an aha moment when you were explaining that, Sarah. I feel like this season, there's a lot of duality in each character. Like There is. There, totally. Like there's a huge part of like – I mean, I know that like Will and Tara are have been a thing for like since – probably like the three fourths way through season four, like really together, like solidified. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like this season is like them as like a comfortable couple. Like mm-hmm. they're like solidified. They're out in public. Like they do a lot right. more things. And she's getting stronger in her like you know, witchcraft and everything. Um and then there's like Xander with his like this is a serious relationship. I'm a serious adult. Like I'm doing that. And then he's also Xander. Um there's stuff with Don mm-hmm. Don't know yet. There's like Buffy and
1: her like power. You know, there's so much like Mm -hmm. that's so true. I never thought about that. Yeah. This entire season is duality. And so, and again, I'm going to keep pointing back to Buffy. This episode is about Xander, but it's also about Buffy. And we're going to talk about what that means and what that means about Buffy and Riley and how Riley perceives Buffy because that's really important, obviously. But yep. So Buffy's criticizing the action
2: sequencing, and then um, Riley is kind of like crapping on her, crapping on the actioning, and then she's like, (sighs) she's like, well, if we were watching an army movie and they were saluting backwards, you'd be all upset. I'm like, yeah, girl, read him.
1: I just go back and forth between being supremely irritated with him and then also being like, he does such – like he's trying to cover for Xander, make him not feel embarrassed, but then he just is not – really very nice to Buffy and it's just
0: I, I didn't take it as he was trying to cover for Xander because he felt bad for Xander I took it as Riley was uncomfortable and so Riley was trying to make himself feel comfortable
1: yeah I mean that could be I think the writers were there's a difference between what the writers are attempting to do and how it's coming across on screen I'm finding with Riley in particular I think they were attempting to actually and I will talk about this at the end I think they're attempting to make a parallel between Riley and Xander, but they're also they've they've done a lot of like trying to bond these two characters together and I think it's because they have a lot in common. Um they both, you know, had military I say with ex- with the quotation marks military experience, but also you have they're both human guys that don't have superpowers that fell in love with Buffy and then you know Xander had that talk with Riley where he tells him about Angel and like you keep having these moments between them and so it feels like the writers are trying to show how they – it's like they get each other and I'm like this is not working the way you want it to.
2: They get each other in bad ways, bro. Yeah.
1: I'm tired of them talking about Buffy behind Buffy's back personally.
2: Then they mentioned Will would feel the same way about witch stuff, and then they're like, "Well, no one uses cauldrons anymore." And I love when Buffy does this because then it's like cut straight to exactly either the opposite or what they're talking about, and we see like a random demon with a cauldron.
1: Did this feel like the haunted mansion ride to anybody else? The cinematic organ music, the glow in the dark teeth. I was like, and I thought it was Kathy's dad too. I was like, "Talk true." Is this dad? I, I will say I I like the um. The aesthetic of this specific
2: demon, it was slightly different. Like his teeth looked really cool. Like I don't know, like his glowy eyes and like his face looked like a head like I want to say is a line from later on the season so bad, but – um Go ahead. Do it. It's the – did anyone tell you you have the cutest little opening sores on your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: His cheekbones were snatched. He's got great, you know, highlighter and bronzer and all that. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like casting a
2: spell and then mentions the death of the Slayer. Dun, oh, dun, no. Dun. So As scared. if we haven't seen this film before. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So we see an empty apartment complex the Xander is looking at. Um, and Anya just comes straight in. Her normal fashion is like, I want to pay anything. <laughs>
1: Um, Anya is me while house hunting. I literally go to Andrew. I was like, I want it. (laughs) pay anything. And he's like, okay, Sarah, (laughs) calm down. Um, I I love the little
2: subtle like um, jabs that this episode has and and feeding into the insecurities that Xander has because we have this like lady come in and she's like showing them the apartment and she automatically assumes and raises that her hand to shake like Riley's hand because he's dressed better. Um, Which is like, I feel like, that's pretty like accurate. I feel like you'd assume that somebody who's like, oh, someone's someone showing me an apartment and they have to, they can kind of green light if I get this apartment. So you'd assume that someone would a little bit more professional, even though that really shouldn't be the driving factor. of Somebody getting an apartment it should be like all the factors, but like there is like something to say about somebody who like comes across a certain way that takes himself a little bit more seriously. Um, and they, they, the, I mean the, the costume designing in this episode, having like Xander being like a uh, patterned, loud shirt,
1: Emmer. Mm-hmm.
0: With mismatched pants.
1: Yep. All I could think of was between him and Willow, there was so many colors and patterns going on.
2: Yeah, usually Willow's the one with all the like kooky patterns and then every once in a while we will get like a green shirt on Xander. I don't know why they love yep. putting him in green. Uh, um, it's always like
1: a highlighter green
2: too. This one they had like the highlighter long sleeve and then they have like a pattern shirt over that. So it was just like a double whammy.
1: I just realized while you were talking about like – the manager thinking that Riley was the person that was coming looking at the apartment I just realized that I think what the episode was trying to do was they were trying to make it look like Riley has his life all together in contrast to Xander's because like you know Riley's the one down in the basement and he's like massaging his girlfriend she seems to like Mm it Riley doesn't have to worry about parents yelling at the top of In the apartment above or upstairs, Riley doesn't have. Riley looks like he has his life together, and so the building manager takes him seriously. Like all these instances of Riley seeming to have his life together, but then then the ending scene at the very Mm -hmm. end that and then Xander's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, like there's another side to Riley that I actually should pity. Like I should pity, but that's how Xander takes it, you know, for
2: sure. And I think like I mean I love. I mean we'll, we'll get there, but I I love that they're showing the fact that like just because someone looks like they have their life you know perfect on the outside doesn't mean that there aren't stuff that they're dealing with emotionally or relationally yeah. um and I really feel like at least I mean I feel like every time there's an episode that kind of narrows in on Xander and Anya's relationship it's always some sort of like Anya feeling insecure and then Them being like hmm does Xander really Think their relationship is like that serious And at the end of the episode it's like no he loves her I feel like we've had that exact same Formula in their relationship For like a season now Um so I feel like They kind of do that in this episode Which I'm a little bored of like my goodness It's season 5 y'all should be like really in a relationship At this point they they definitely Are in this one um And I I appreciate the fact that it's, like, not so much about the insecurity about him loving her. It's more of him being, like, am I enough for her in, like, a – is she seeing this insecurity, this uh, side of me that I'm really
1: insecure about? Um I actually really appreciated that we got – we got some really good conversations between the couples this season because season four, there was literally no talking between Anya, Xander, Riley, and Buffy. And in particular, we actually kind of get to see a little bit of a layered uh, emotion in Anya. And I really, really – and we'll talk about that conversation when it comes up.
2: Yeah. we haven't had that from her at all.
1: Right. So I think this was actually really, really great when it came. And it actually was a little bit deeper with their relationship. It was more Mm – it was like, oh, Anya isn't like pushing for all these things with Xander just because she's like, I just want to have sex. She's pushing for it because she's like, I'm going to die. I want to move on with my life and like live it to the fullest. And I was like, that added a really nice like extra level of depth to Anya. I just wish we had a Anya-centric episode, just diving into that alone.
2: I
0: was about to say, I feel like more so than Xander's character, Anya's character is the one that needs to be explored more.
2: Oh, yeah. There's so many places they could go with Anya. I hope they do so. What do you guys think of the whole Stealing Fan self comment?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. No, no, no! I want to talk about Buffy and Riley immediately Stop. going to this no, bedroom. No, I was literally <laughs> going to talk about that. I
0: was like, "What kind of friends are you? You're grown <laughs> yes. adults at this point, and your friend invites you to uh, go to weird. and like you know an apartment together. Like, why would you do it? Like, you guys, you have every opportunity to do it wherever you want, but there is a time and place where it's like, this is important for your friend. This is a big step for your friend." And I know I'm being dramatic about this. but no, you're it's not. Like, it was stupid. <laughs> it's, it's not even stupid. It's disrespectful. If my yeah. friends did that, I'd be like, you're risking me getting a home so that you can yeah. get a few extra minutes of gropy time? Like, I don't care. Like... Oh, my gosh. Like, he's so much more respectful than I would have been. Like, Xander handled this so much nicer than I would have. But I just was like, are you guys 15? Like, do you need to go sneak off and, like, make out? Like, you can literally make out the minute you leave the building. Like, I was like, oh, I was so
2: grossed out. Yeah, I seem very out of character, too. Like, I just don't understand. I know it's supposed to be like, you know, when you watch a show and then you have to kind of, like, uh, what's the phrase? something disbelief or whatever. Suspend disbelief. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Where it's supposed to be like, this is funny in, and it only really works when you're watching something, but if this were actually happening in real life, there'd be way different consequences. And this is one of those situations where I'm like, this is a TV show. This is supposed to be just something, one little random um, beat and layer in this one scene. It's not supposed to be taken that seriously. But like in a real scenario, I'd be freaking pissed. I'd be like, you need to leave right
0: now. No, but also, I just think about that if, if the roles were reversed and Buffy was looking for an apartment and Xander and Anya went off to go make out, I'd be just as pissed. And yep. I'd be vocal about it. And so I don't want to sit here, not that I'm saying you're doing this to me, but I'm saying for me, like, I don't want to sit here and be <laughs> like, well, it's just for comedic relief or whatever. Because if Xander did that to Buffy, I'd be pissed. And so you know what? Buffy doing that to Xander, I'm pissed too.
1: And again, they're doing this because they're like, Trying to set you up for the punchline at the very end, be like, "Oh my gosh, Buffy and Riley are so in love; they're the perfect couple." Yeah, you know. Um, Anya is upset that he can't get the place
2: and starts fighting with him in front of the girl. I do really Ugh. feel bad for Xander in the situation. The
1: poor man is stressed. I could barely watch. I was getting yeah. secondhand embarrassment.
2: Yep. Um, then we jump to the magic shop, and Giles is organizing to open it up. Look! Look at him. I'm so proud of him. Um. <laughs> Then Only the demon be shows up. up. I know. And then like like beats him up, but he doesn't actually go on a conscience. So, uh, you know, there's some upside to that. Um and then like I mean, I love that Giles brings up like the the like a statue or whatever, and the demon's like, That's a fertility stat or your fertility god, and then he like hits him over the head with it. I was like, Good
1: for him. I know. Oh, the symbolism of a fertility goddess hitting him. I liked how they're like, We're gonna beat you with feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the gang shows up and
2: Giles shows them what he did to protect himself. And then Will mentions what God it is.
1: <laughs> and he's like, well, I am not dead or unconscious. So I say bravo for me. Here, here, Giles. Here, here.
2: And then I love how he like starts researching and immediately finds it right away.
1: Okay, guys. No. So when... <laughs> When I saw Giles swinging the statue and Toth said it was the fertility goddess and and that Giles doesn't concern him since he wasn't the slayer, I legitimately almost wrote, well, I'm glad he said that to Giles and not Riley because Giles has the humility to brush it off, whereas Riley would probably curl up and cry from the assault on his manhood. True. I mean, they really kind of like set up
2: the – Attributes of this demon, like really upfront, immediately they keep saying words like sophisticated, he's focused, um, he knows what he wants. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to come into play. They've never used those terms to describe any sort of demon ever. <laughs> Even the demon's sophisticated compared to, to Xander, and then Giles says that like he kind of smelled like an old factory presence, like he had a specific smell. And then Will is like, maybe there's some there's some rituals that need oils. I'm like, again, have we ever mentioned what a a demon smells like? I'm like, this mm, <laughs> seems like it's only catered to this episode.
0: <laughs> well, but also like then you have the. The other kind of coincidence of them going to the junkyard, and the one time uh-huh. we've ever heard of Spike going to the junkyard, <laughs> <laughs> he's there, and no, no one no, seems no. alarmed. Like, yeah, no. they
2: see him, and he's like, Hey, guys. This and part of, like, hey, of the episode, like this five minute, like, inner, uh, whatever, this five minute, like, spacing, I'm like, This. Has never once been a factor in this show ever, and no one thinks it's like odd anyone's mentioning or saying Spike in the dumb. But that's how you know that the big bad in this episode
0: isn't really of any consequence, yeah, because they're just trying to get him over with so that they can get to the
1: actual plot line. No, guys, you 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 just stepped on my fantastic transition to this next. Oh, sorry. <laughs> scene because they were going to be like, "Oh, Spike, what are you doing here?" And I was going to be like, "Speaking of trash." <laughs> Oh gosh. (laughs) No, but seriously, I kept thinking of like when Xander fell into the garbage and then woke up there the next morning and it was like garbage Xander versus like sophisticated Xander. I just kept thinking of Forky from Toy Story Four who's like, I'm trash. I'm trash. I'm trash. (laughs) I don't remember Toy Story Four at all to be. Oh, that's good. It's it is that that movie is trash. So it was very
2: forgettable to me. No. I just remember the ending and being pissed off because that – talk about character assassination. There's no way Woody would have done that. No freaking way.
1: I went on a seven-minute rant to Andrew today about how garbage this movie is, and it's literally was just made for the money because it killed all character development and completely changed Woody's entire arc. Yeah, freaking Ann Perkins. Well, it's (laughs) also a way to continue – She wrote
0: it. um, Like Toy Story to sell to a new
1: generation oh yeah but it did not work it Was no. just awful yeah anyway so we have forky slash xander this now. is what
2: happens you guys as listeners like uh, us siblings will bounce around to different like
1: <laughs> movies or tv
2: shows that correlate so this is how our brains work
1: i'm more disturbed by the fact that nobody talks about spike having a mannequin in his cart it,
2: this is very phantom of the opera oh yes Mm -hmm. it is Mm. although I will say I was gonna wait until we got there but I mean we already we see the next scene but this came out of freaking nowhere like literally there have been no hints in my brain to his this extreme of an obsession like it just seems so freaking odd like I was kind of taken aback like I just forgot about this and then him just having like a build of Buffy I was like what like i don't know to me you guys can disagree but just to me it, it came was out, out inorganic. Yeah. yeah
0: again at this point i literally still thought i was an episode ahead like i w- i checked like three times yeah. to make sure that i hadn't skipped an episode i honestly was still concerned that i was going to come on this podcast and you guys had had watched a completely different episode than me because there was just a lot of things that felt jumped over um I don't know why. I don't really get why. I mean, some stuff was my own fault, like Anya's arm. That's my own fault. I forgot that she fell or that that she was pushed yesterday. But other stuff,
1: like with Spike, like I just was like, whoa! Like, where did this come from? The Spike thing is suffering from the fact that almost the entire season four he did absolutely nothing and really just Mm -hmm. kind of piddled around and didn't really care like he spoke a big game but he didn't really seem like he cared to do anything other than just move on with his life like he was obviously like i hate you all um and then i think they're trying to build off of and this is where the whole adam thing kind of hampers this season they're building off of him working with adam to be like oh look he still is mad at the slayer but i don't know if i I think he blames Buffy for him getting the chip. And so that's what we're supposed to see here. And his behavior with her right here is consistent with his first reveal in School heart It's consistent with the very beginning of season four. But for half of season four, we didn't really see this spike. So I agree with you guys. It feels like we should have had a little bit more – like. Bubby should have done something personally to him or said something that just like triggered him and set him off because I to agree. jump from a casual regular conversation in the dump where like they're like quipping back and forth to him like tenderly brushing aside this mannequin's head and then kicking it. You're like, well, wow, this escalated quite a bit here. Yep.
2: Um, and then Spike ha- has been doing what he's been doing best the past couple seasons, which is like being like... Hey, I'm going to hang out with you guys, but just so you guys know, I still am not on your side and I hate you and I want you to die. <laughs> he was like, oh, very nice. I was on your side talking to the demon when he like shoots at him. Dude, I died when he was like, kick her ass. Like he's like oh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like across the yard trying to vote for him. Yep. Uh, the demon shoots something. Xander gets in the way, gets knocked into the pile of rubbish and then gets taken away. Wow, that rhymed.
1: I will say. The demon was shooting at Buffy and Xander pushed her out of the way and ended up getting knocked in the blast. So I want to give props to him for that because that was actually very brave of him. Yes. He is brave. I've never once criticized his bravery. That's about all I can say positively for yes. him generally. So I keep bringing that up because I'm trying to find – I mean, he's pretty great in this episode, but you know, yeah. his bravery is commendable.
2: Yep. And then they walk away and then we see that um, another Xander now is – or maybe it is – the xander essence still left in the trash we don't know yet um and then we see the next morning that xander is still in the dump wakes up is a little bit confused and then um walks away back to his basement um he knocks on the door for anya no one answers looks through the window and sees a version of himself all cleaned up nicely with his hair combed back and getting ready for work
1: and no shirt because they have to show that spelt Xander is actually rich. This version <laughs> is sexy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to bet? This was
2: his twin brother. <laughs> yeah, this is what I like to call um, fancy Xander. So I will refer to him as fancy or swamp Xander. Fancy Xander? Yeah. That's hilarious. I like it. Um, so in the street, poor what do we call this Xander? Trash Xander. Trash Xander, okay. <laughs> Left behind Xander. <laughs> That's too long. So Trash Xander walks back into the street, <laughs> like, tries calling like Buffy. Trash panda. <laughs> uh Fancy Xander walks by and he hangs up on Buffy immediately, kind of getting all flustered. Um, and then we see back in Buffy's room, she's getting all of her weapons ready. And uh, Riley is quiet because he's concerned for her with this demon, question mark, question mark, question mark,
1: question mark. mark. (laughs) No, you missed one of the best quips. Buffy's like, okay, the guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z, from axe to Z other X.
2: (laughs) Look, I mean, Buffy's comments are always really funny to me, so she's guys, just This her scene
1: delivery. This is the best scene of the episode right here. I was like, you guys, we all can relate with this moment right here. <laughs> Such siblings.
2: Dawn's like watching and then like scoffs. The sound she makes. Uh, I I am a Dawn apologist till I die. Like and don't get me wrong, there will be annoying moments with Dawn herself, but like she's just such a funny,
1: real younger sibling. Sometimes she's Leah. This was Leah. Like the whole, the whole. No, I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you.
0: (laughs) I'm not even like the like uncomfortable with pda i i don't feel like i was genuinely uncomfortable with pda unless it was excessive and i even think that now today we're like most PDA. i don't i don't really care about until someone's like kind of making out in front of me and then i'm like okay like are you comfortable with me being here like, <laughs> like that's what i started to get but the whole like i'm not in your room that is even even to this day sometimes i have that urge to do that to people where i'm like oh I could just push her button so easily right now. She's but then so, I have kids well, do
2: that to me all day. So, I, <laughs> Yeah, you get a taste of your own medicine. Well, like Dawn is so funny. She's like, I know my friend knows someone who died suffocating in their boyfriend's tongue. I'm like, that was absolutely something your friend literally made up in the moment. Like kids do that. <laughs> They're Like I know someone who died of like, uh, you know, whatever. Like I had friends who did that. I did that. Like it, you just want to seem cool because you know Or things. it's a lie that her, that her friend's parent told her.
1: Oh, for sure. To, like, sure. scare her from kissing, for sure. <laughs> uh, I was cackling. So the last time I watched season five was before we started this podcast. So that's, like, 3.5 years ago. Um, I've always related so much to Buffy in this scene because I don't, I don't have an older sibling. So I never was the, oh, my gosh, I want to be in your room so bad. And you keep kicking me out. Everybody wanted me in their room. Okay, guys? So then this is the first time I've ever related with Joyce. And the whole, like – Mom, tell her that she's wrong, mom. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that that's me with my kids now. Um, and then we see in the crypt
2: kind of what we mentioned earlier Spike apparently has a mannequin, apparently, he's obsessed with Buffy. Um, and then kicks it.
1: There are actually, surprise, surprise, you guys, there was actually a scene that they cut out between of Riley course. and Buffy.
2: Oh, never mind. I thought we were talking about like a Spike scene. That was no,
1: <laughs> no, oh, no, no. The part where they cut off. Um, after Buffy closes Don's door, her and Riley go back and continue to talk. Buffy says, "I guess I should go. I'm thinking maybe the guy actually likes spelly places, so I'm going to do a whole tour defunky starting with the sewers." Riley says, "I'm coming with you." And I wanna, I wanna again point out the parallels between Riley and Xander because again, in the Harvest. Xander was like, oh, you think I'm not man enough? Like we're seeing kind of parallels here to when Buffy says, no, you're going to get hurt. You can't come with me to Xander and his response. And Riley has a lot of the same responses. Um, So Buffy says, um, and Riley says, I never told you this about me, but I love the sewers. Probably get a place there when I retire. Buffy says, Riley, this tough guy walks softly and carries a big blasty rod. He almost hurt Xander. I'm not going to let him hurt you. Again, the correlation between the two. And Riley says, I don't know. I don't like you facing off alone with these creeps who come gunning for you. I mean, first it was Dracula. And Buffy says, Dracula wasn't the first guy to come Buffy hunting. Lots of baddies want the Slayer trophy kill. I can handle it. Riley says, I know. And if you want me to stay out of it, that's cool. But you can't blame me for worrying. Your job makes you a target. I mean, who knows how many bad guys are out there just waiting for For their chance, which is really interesting because then it jumps to Spike. It's supposed to be that was supposed to be kind of a neat segue, but that would have
2: worked more so because I feel like him being like, Oh, I'm concerned about you in the beginning of the scene went absolutely nowhere.
1: So that would have worked more. They keep cutting out Riley and Buffy scenes, and I'm like, You guys really don't care about these characters being together. I think it's, yeah, I think it's just
0: more of the writers don't necessarily see Riley as
1: someone who was worth putting time into he's not going to be here long term is the sense that i get
0: we don't know though because we've never seen this spoilers sarah Sarah. (laughs) we have no idea Uh, anything could happen (laughs) buffy and
1: riley could end up happily in love the writers are making it seem like he's not gonna be here either like they just Yeah. yeah anyway yep they're definitely not focusing
2: on him. He's definitely such a side character and side plot at this point. Like, they're not putting that much energy into him. Nope. Um. So, in the construction site, we have Fancy Xander coming in all dressed up for a construction job? Question mark. That's kind of stupid.
0: This is how I feel just putting on, like, mascara and doing my hair for work. <laughs> I, like, sometimes I like, get the urge where I'm like, ew, I look so ugly all the time. Maybe I should try. But then I go into work and I'm like, why the f- – Break? Am I trying? It's a bunch of children. Sweat and play with kids all day. Like I'm just gonna look ugly at the end of the day. (laughs) So then the next day I don't try. But that's the
2: same kind of vibe that I got. Yeah, Sanders like sock or like trash Sanders socking fancy Xander. Um, (laughs) And then he sees like the boss comes out and tells Fancy Xander he wants to come and uh, talk to him. And then Trash Xander gets hit by the porta potty door. (laughs) And the dude's like, Harris, where's your hard hat?
1: I think it's funny that Xander thinks that he's going to get fired. And so he's like, oh, yeah. cool. Like, you know, you get to be fired. Well, now I don't the, have to be there. It's the insecurity
2: part from Trash mm-hmm. Xander that's thinking he's not good enough. Whereas um, Fancy Xander has more confidence in his abilities. So I yeah. like that little touch there. Um, so he offers him full time. And I like the little nod here to the fact that like fancy Xander we find out later has like a squished coin is it like a quarter or something it's like um, a silver
1: dollar I think yeah yeah,
2: yeah. and he's like holding it and flipping it but I kind of view it as like um trash Xander was one coin short in the like when he was trying to call Buffy Oh. and so it's like this whole like side of him that's like insecure about money and like the apartment and all that sort of thing and then fancy xander is getting a promotion is sitting in there and he's like looking at and holding this coin hmm. um so and, and they're right after each other i i to me there's some symbol symbolism there
1: i see it as they're both two sides of the same coin and that's why oh, they that have too flipping the coin same yeah yeah And then
2: we see back at the apartment, we have Fancy Xander signing the paperwork and the girl is flirting with him because – Like hardcore. Hardcore flirting with him, but it's also because not only is he dressed better, but his essence is a lot more
0: confident. It's Mm -hmm. always confidence. You could be one of the ugliest people in the room, but if you
2: just have confidence in yourself, like no one cares. And we're not saying Nicholas Brendan is, <laughs> is unattractive, but like just people who have more confidence, people are more inclined to have a double take um, or to like hear you out or to question you less if you have confidence.
1: Yeah. But again, I like how this all started with. It being both sides of Xander that worked hard at construction. Like he didn't get a promotion just because he showed up and looked all put together that day. He got a yep. promotion and like that that led to like the trickle effect of everything else, which I think is kind of cool.
2: So Fancy Xander calls Anya, tells her to come to the apartment. And as soon as he walks out, trash Xander jumps him and then gets hit. Um trash I will Sanders
1: say.
2: <laughs> <jumped>. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I will say um, one thing that doesn't quite make sense about this episode now that we know that like this is not like the demon portion of Xander. This is just like the other side of the coin of Xander is that fancy Xander is not alarmed by trash Xander, but trash Xander is alarmed by fancy Xander. And that doesn't quite make sense to me. Once we find out what's actually happening at the end of the episode, because they're both Xander. So why is it that Trash Xander's like freaked out and thinks that he's a demon and then Fancy Xander's like whatever about him?
0: Fancy Xander's just more level-headed. He's just more calm. <laughs> he's got it all under control. Yeah,
2: you'd see like a version of yourself and you're not like freaked out at all. You're like, no, it's the confidence. The healthy version of myself is like, all right. <laughs> Two of me. The bad version of me is like, what the frick? <laughs>
1: The bad version of us is the one that decides to play stressful games when they are triggered. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or watches a stress-inducing show. Our trash versions came out last night, guys. Let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not get ourselves there. Uh, for context, we had a very triggering thing happen to all three of us yesterday and we all separately, individually went about our lives, and we were supposed to record this episode last night. We all just were like, we can't, so we decided to do something relaxing. But all of individually, us did stressful separately. things, and then we're like, wow, Triggered why am us. I so pissed off? And why am I? Well, getting and then off? we're
0: all like lashing out at people, and yeah. like, but it's also funny that it's like I for rough, I played Breath of the Wild Zelda. And most of that game is very calm, but then if you guys have ever played it, I was beating one of the Divine Beasts. Well, I have not beaten it yet, but I was trying to.
1: Speaking of triggers. And it was
0: so, like, just anger-inducing, but I thought it would be really calm,
1: but it wasn't. We're not making wise, healthy, you know... What is it? Fancy Xander choices. We're making trash. We're making trash Xander decisions. Just anytime
0: someone. Yeah. Anytime someone makes a bad decision. I'm like.
1: Is that a trash
0: decision or a
2: fancy decision? Oh no guys. We have a new inside joke for the podcast. Guys
1: from now on. For the rest of the show. We're going to be like. And this is trash Xander right now guys. (laughs) This is not fancy Xander. Uh, That was a trash Buffy
0: decision. Not a fancy (laughs) Buffy decision. Yes. Okay. Okay, we need to use this server so now. <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. All
2: right. The toxic part of us will be the trash part. So anytime I'm criticizing exactly. um Riley, it will be the fancy version. <laughs> the fancy because Riley. it's
1: the healthy version of me analyzing him. Right. Be the trash version of Riley. <laughs> We're gonna like, guys, guys, I need to pull out my trash Sarah for a minute and just like <laughs> talk about yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think it came down to confidence with when in regards to what you were saying tabby i think that xander also he went immediately to buffy which they both had the same thought but um that xander got there faster
2: well and trash xander went straight into like fight mode whereas like fancy xander was like let me go talk to buffy
1: and then he was like cool i'm gonna go chill and have a like date night with anya and like he just didn't think about trash xander anymore and trash xander was just like you know i don't know letting his thoughts run wild (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's like running in the rain he's like no money to buy a cab yeah (laughs) his intrusive thoughts were just completely taking over
0: well but also it's like the fact that trash sander thought of calling buffy first on a payphone instead of just going over to her house because sunnydale is supposed to be walkable i'm like why is this man making it harder for himself
1: yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like, this is just too far. And then other times you're like, oh, is it,
2: though? Um, He runs over to Jaws' house soaking wet, sees that fancy Xander is telling him there's a fake
1: Xander and they need to kill him. This is sad, actually. Like, he's yeah. like, come on, Buffy, resist this spell. Do this for me. And she doesn't. Poor guy. Yeah, it's rough.
2: Um, and then we see – I love, like, the small details of this. In every Xander-centric episode, there's always a good conversation with Willow. There's always yeah. a breakthrough and, like, a reminder of how close their friendship has always been. Like, he goes over to, like, Willow and it immediately jumps into being, like, hey, let me tell you all these stories about, like – this is kind of giving, like, a new man um, where he's, like
1: – Yeah. Like,
2: he's, like, telling her all these, like, stories. Or even um, this this year's girl, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 And She's like, girl. it's like they always kind of go into being like, hey, here are all these like intimate stories that only you know that prove to you that I am who I am. And I love that Willow's kind of like,
1: she has no idea where this is coming from, but she just hears about out. Uh, Xander's whole like, okay, for my seventh birthday, I wanted a toy fire truck and I didn't get it. And you were really nice about it. And then the house next door burned down and real fire trucks <laughs> came in for years. I thought you set the fire for me. And if you did, you can <laughs> tell me.
0: <laughs> That's such a good line. That's such a true, but that's also a true friend is being like, I'm kind of scared of what you can do, but also I'm I'm kind of impressed with it.
1: (laughs) And
2: since it was for me, I will let it slide. Wink, wink. Please tell me you did that.
1: Right. Uh, The Snoopy dance, which is so fun. One of the best parts about Jane Espenson's writing is she does a really good job of incorporating little details that are from other episodes. And
2: I love that.
1: It makes the world feel a lot more real and lived in. And so the Snoopy dance was first referenced in Passion by Willow. And so to see it here is just really cool. Oh, no way. Yeah. It was when they were warding Buffy's house from Angelus. And she says um, something about change the locks to Angel and he goes and kills Jenny. And they're talking about um, – Willow says something about like uh, going over to Xander's house for Christmas and watching him do the Snoopy dance. Or she says something. I can't remember the exact line. But they talk about that. And then there's a couple other things. I'm trying to remember what else is here. Don't know, but just like the callbacks to like Giles getting hit over the head and like different things like that is really fun and you can tell Jane Espenson was a huge fan of the show first before she was a writer because I feel like only a fan would like know those small details and try to incorporate them.
2: Yeah. Giles is trying to figure out what exactly um this fake Xander is if it's a demon if what like trying to do like the normal Scooby research um, and then fancy Xander is trying to stop it and is like why do we need to know we can just kill him and this is the part two I feel like is a good misdirect but doesn't quite make sense to me in the fancy Xander headspace because you'd think that he would go like along the normal strategies that have always worked that are the healthier ones which would be researching because I know this is supposed to be a misdirect we're thinking it's like a demon that's this version of Xander but I don't know if this necessarily works for both a misdirect
1: and actually being the other side of Xander. Well, it's still Xander. Xander's still impulsive, even if he's fancy Xander right now. Like, he's still going to be like, let's just – I don't care about research. Xander doesn't care about research, and that's not necessarily like the negative really? side of him or the positive. Yeah, he's like, let's just go kill him. But also I think they're having this because they want Giles, Riley, and Xander to be all so focused on killing him, and Buffy's literally sitting there. And thinking about the details, and she's the one that is using her brain while everyone's like, look, man kill, man But wouldn't, take stick.
2: wouldn't Trash Xander be the one to be more impulsive?
1: Um, I mean, I guess. Cause an episode no, that I really
2: shows Trash Xander that's impulsive is um the episode. I'm not saying he's impulsive. Faith.
1: But also like he
0: just is wants to go get it done. I think there's a and- difference between like just thinking that the better option is to go and fight and someone who's impulsive. Because Xander is impulsive sometimes and does show that characteristic. But I think in this instance, he was just more so of like, we already know,
1: you know, who this guy is. Let's go fight him type of thing. But also he doesn't like research he's never liked research and that's not ne- again not necessarily a positive or negative thing that's just who Xander is so him saying do we really have to figure it out like let's just go kill him is I feel like I feel like it's pretty uh, on par but I think I know what you're saying Tabby like like the script even says after Buffy says Tot the demon with the creepy stick Xander looks up quickly shoots a hard look at Buffy so they're trying to do the misdirect thing too
2: um, Buffy mentions the the demon that kind of zapped him in um, the uh, the dump or whatever, and then um, Fancy Xander looks like they've gotten a little bit too close. Great misdirect for a first time listen or a first time watcher, and then we cut back to uh, Willow's room, and Xander's like, "Hey, like maybe he's an evil robot," um, kind of throwing out these crazy theories, and then Willow also on the same wavelength is like, "Hey, maybe it's the demon." And then we jump back again to Giles's house, um, and Xander says he's going to go to the apartment because he told Anya he was going to meet her there.
1: Oh, he's going to go there with Buffy to kill the duplicate. I like how they switch back and forth in this moment to to like kind of see how Xander trash Xander and fancy Xander are both kind of thinking along the same lines. Like they, they sure. really are the same person. They're both thinking, Oh, this is an imposter. This is a demon. And so therefore they must be destroyed.
2: Like Nicholas Brendan does a really good job playing fancy Xander. And the fact that you're like, this clearly isn't fully Xander. Um, so you think it's the demon because they kept saying, Oh, he's sophisticated. Oh, he's like, as a, a go-getter, he's all these sorts of things. Um, but then we find out it's like the whole split side of Xander that, the, because we're all like really, we're all three dimensional people. We all have the side of us and they're to varying degrees, but like he does such a good job of showing the nuances of people's personalities. And so when you find out it's not the demon, you're like, oh, that's a really good acting acting choice on his part personally i think i'd kill myself if my body
0: got split into two personalities and everyone thought that the healthy version of me <laughs> was a demon like people were just like there's no way that's, that's you so like i would
2: be like man <laughs> i can't be that bad i would pull a trash cinder but like maybe he's doing a better she's doing a better job i'm just gonna ko over here and
1: he could take over <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what Xander is saying right now. Yeah. Like that's what he's saying to Will. He's like, maybe it's just, you know, maybe this demon yeah. he's taking my life and everyone's treating him better. Maybe I should just let him keep doing what he's doing, you know? Yeah. I and mean, we um,
2: he, like he's like, this demon is taking my life and living it better than I do. Maybe I should let him. It's just kind of sad. Yeah. Um, Will says she's gonna find a spell to snap Buffy out of um this spell that's made her think fancy Xander is the real Xander. Um Xander says he can't help because he always gets in trouble and Buffy has to save him. Um, Which again, like I feel like this is giving us a whole like, I mean, it's similar to stuff that we've kind of known about Xander, but this is giving us a little bit of a deeper view into mm-hmm. his psyche like it's something slightly different a little bit deeper than him just feeling misplaced and like he has no powers in the gang, which is a natural thing we can assume about xander's character but like i i get this like this like this felt very real this episode feels a lot more grounded it feels a lot more real especially we need this sort of grounded episode um for the stage of life xander is kind of moving in like he's not in college so therefore he has to kind of like find a career a lot faster than the girls and so there's this whole added pressure he adds on to himself to kind of have have everything figured out earlier because he's not in college um so i i get this fatigue that he's feeling in this scene it's very well done um he says that everyone's treating fancy xander like a grown-up xander's like oh what do i do that that's like worth me staying and he's like oh shoot Anya and Willow's like this is the first time you thought about Anya and he's Low like key. well you imagined like having like a you know evil double and see how you handle it and Will's like well I handle it fine, fine.
1: <laughs> I I was like this is very sweet that he's like I have Anya who makes life worth living but why didn't you think of going to her like in the first it's just weird how he thinks about Buffy but first. also Willow too I'd be like oh so
2: Anya's silly version." It, or a person in your life that makes you want to stay? It's so interesting. I've, I've
0: seen so many things of like men who don't really know themselves very well. It's like they talked. <laughs> I've seen this comment on, on Instagram where it's like men don't marry the one they want. They marry the one that's there. Yeah, um, when they're ready. <sighs> when they're ready. And I yeah. think sometimes that's the feeling I get from Xander and Anya.
1: Where yep. When yeah, Xander was ready to
0: commit yeah. to a relationship and a woman, Anya was there.
2: Yeah, Buffy wasn't right. available. And she like, pursued him, might I say.
0: yeah, Yeah. Well, and I think, like, obviously I do think that Xander cares for Anya, yeah. but I think that, like, Xander had to learn how to love Anya, whereas, like, it came natural and it comes natural to always care for Buffy, which is just an interesting thing that never goes away. I don't mean to spoil it for people, but, like... <laughs> Xander, up until Season 7, will always have a special regard for for Buffy, and I will die on that hill.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree. I 100% agree.
2: Yeah, I think Season 7 is, like, like the first season – Where I can see that he's like actually moved on unless I'm
1: forgetting parts of season seven, which could very well be because I haven't seen in a long time. I think he comes to accept that Buffy will never see him that way. But I don't know that I think even in season seven, I mean, again, we're going to spoilers, but I think in season seven, if Buffy had said, yes, Xander, let's be together, he would have like dumped every any person he was with and been with her. Like, I, I think I, he'd I have
2: think. to have some reassurance that she actually does like him, but he would absolutely come to the conclusion that he wants to be with Buffy in season yeah. seven. Yeah. It just yeah. wouldn't be as, like, immediate of a yes as it would be the first, right. like, four seasons. Um, in Anya's room, we see that she's sitting there all hurt, and here is a voicemail from Fancy Xander saying to meet her at the apartment. Um And, like, again, I forgot about the whole conversation she has with Fancy Xander about, like, her having to, like, process the idea that she is now immortal and she will, like, die really young compared to having thousands of years ahead of her um, of immortality. So, like, when I cut to the scene, I was like, man, she's, like, being kind of, like, rude and entitled here for, like, freezing him out. Um And I feel like her, obviously, response is immature for the age, but you have to understand, like, mentally, she is really immature um, for being a human. Like, she just became a human. Like, she's, like, having to go through all these things all over again. She hasn't had to be human and process any of these things since she was a human thousands of years ago. Um, or Hundred years, I don't
1: remember actually. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think it's thousands. I think it's thousands, I think yeah. It's thousands
2: yeah. We'll yeah. find
1: out next season. Um, but or will we? I don't know. <laughs> lots of light
2: spoilers this episode
1: I know <laughs> it's okay. soak it all in guys yeah. passion the nerd says this about this moment he says sexy Xander can actually hear what she's saying without making it mean anything about himself and by actually being able to listen to her he affords Anya maybe her most important character building moment in the series so far as a former immortal she has a paralyzing fear of her own mortality under normal circumstances Anya's anxiety might have triggered Xander's but with all of his neurosis split away. Sexy Xander is capable of just being there for her in the way she needs. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Especially in this moment. I just I, I wonder
2: when they switch back at the end of this episode if because uh, we're like to believe that trash Xander is like fully the essence of Xander because that's the POV we're in. So we're right. like do we know if you members this conversation when they meld back into one oh, person? You know?
1: That's a good point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't because it feels like that's how the show goes with these. But you things. know what I mean? Like
2: we're in the POV thinking yeah. that Trash Xander has the full cognitive presence of the Xander we've known the first yeah. five seasons. Um so I don't I don't know. I hope so. But I like the fact that like he mentions that this is the version of Xander that really needed to listen in this moment. And props to this conversation for really giving the biggest misdirect. Because when she's kind of, like, confiding in him and saying that, like, her becoming suddenly human and giving up thousands of years of living, we have this moment of, like, fancy Xander seemingly relating to this moment of her opening up in this vulnerable Mm -hmm. way. But we just come to find out that it's just because he's more emotionally mature that he's able to receive (laughs) it and understand it better. So they start kissing and then um, Trash Xander comes in and then poor Anya is very confused um, and she's like – because they're arguing or whatever
1: and she's like, make him go away talking about trash Xander. Yeah. Man, that would suck if your significant other was like, I choose the fancy version of you, not well, the just, trash version.
2: Well, I think it's more of like the fact that she just opened up and had a moment with Fancy Xander. So she yeah, thought that is this, true. this is actually Xander because like we had mm-hmm. a connection here. Um. But that yeah, for real. If if I was like in a relationship and they automatically sided with fancy Xander or fancy
1: me, Heart I'd be like broken. I'd be like, oh,
2: okay, I'm just gonna go accept my fate then.
1: Seriously. You can have him.
2: Yeah. Um at Jaz's house again, we have Willow running in to tell them about um that trash Xander is the real Xander, yada yada yada. Um, Buffy f- says, Fancy Xander seemed forceful and confident. And all-. Man, this is like a competition you don't want your friends saying when you're not there.
1: <laughs> They're like,
2: man, he acted weird. He seemed like nice and confident. Uh, and yeah. Sort
1: of. <laughs> is he okay? Meanwhile, Giles in the back there is like having another epiphany. He's like, oh, dear Lord. Everyone ignores, ignores him. Ignores him. Yep. He's like, I said, oh, dear Lord. She's like, you always say that. that he's was like, well, it's nice... always important. Uh-huh. <laughs> it
2: was a nice little like, um, not necessarily a fourth wall break, but like an understanding of the characters and the rhythms of it and then yeah. poking fun at it. I love when shows have earned that, where it's like they've realized that they've built this like yeah, constant. Running gag. Yeah. And then yeah. they like make it a different joke about it. Um, and then they kind of come to the conclusion that either are demon, they split into two different essence of the same person. Um and that the demon essentially wanted to do that with Buffy. I thought this was so, mm. I completely forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to separate the sl- This is yep. genius. Well, this but, is a yeah,
0: genius well, idea. Yeah, she's more like attackable. Like, because if you kill yeah, the, the, the easy bad side, so- like trash side, uh-huh. then it's like. The human side, the trash side. No, well, legitimately <laughs> The side that's like- with Riley. <laughs> yeah, for- the side that chose Riley is definitely <laughs> the bad side like then it's like she's only she's
2: only half a person at that point you've already won could you yeah. imagine if she splits it up and then the trash version stays with Riley and then immediately the slayer version runs to angel in
1: LA <laughs> Oh my gosh! And then she has to like go and wrangle the, and that slide's all like seductive, and it's like, "Hey, Angel!" And she's like, "No, get back in, get back in." Poor Angel's oh. trying to keep us all. He's like, "Please, woman, leave me alone." And Riley, Riley pulls up and goes, "Hey, um, actually, this is great. Can you keep the Slayer Buffy, and I'll keep Human Buffy? Like, this works out great here. Both like Buffy." Oh. Um, he says they can't have one without
2: the other, which kind of defeats the purpose. So uh, we jump back into
1: the apartment. Wait, wait. Okay. I wanted to say one more thing about that scene because I think that's really, really – like that's the heart of this episode um, and the heart of this season. Again, the duality thing. It's very, very interesting that Riley, not Buffy, is the one that goes – but which one is the real one When uh, while Giles is talking about the Slayer and – and Buffy is a human. Again, the episode is trying to say that, like they have Riley saying, Oh, I'm not threatened. I, I love both parts of you, both sides of you. But then they have moments like this where you're like, well, then why is Riley asking these questions? And then Giles says they're both real. They're both Xander, neither of them is evil. There's nothing in either of them that our Xander didn't already possess. Again, reading between the lines here, the, like this is this is the show is talking about Buffy not just Xander here. Then Riley says, I still don't get the original plan. Why do it? The Slayer half would be like Slayer concentrate, pretty unkillable. And Giles says, but the two halves can't exist without the other. Kill the weaker Buffy half and the Slayer half dies. And this feels really meaningful and pointed for, for Riley. You can't split Buffy into only the part that you like Riley. It's intentional that Riley would be asking these questions because he wants the quote, real Buffy the girl that he thought she was initially but both sides are inherently Buffy which I think is just like writers do you realize what you're saying here like it isn't consistent with what you think you're saying and then we jump back
2: into the apartment we see um, Trash Xander trying to convince Anya that it's
1: him as the real Xander, and he then he says look in my eyes can't you see it's me same as Buffy with yeah. Giles it's so sad Aww. Yeah.
0: And it's so hard in a scene like this because it's like, you can't fault Anya because a they're both Xander. But also you can't fault Xander for being like, no one knows it's Mm -hmm. me because he doesn't know they're both him. Like, oh, it kills me. Yeah.
2: And I like the play on the fact that like Trash Xander has a lot more desperation because he's feeding into his emotions a lot more and hysteria mm-hmm. in this moment. So like he's the one that brings out the gun immediately and then like, points it at Fancy Xander. Whereas Fancy Xander gets in the role of protector and pushes Anya behind him. Not that like mm-hmm. Trash Xander wouldn't do that too, but he is like desperate in this moment. I mean, Fancy Xander also is the closest to Anya. So obviously he's going right. to do that. I'm like, and Trash Xander shoots on you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not the evil side of Xander. It's the Xander that is just a lot more feeding into his insecurities and allowing
1: his – We have therapy going Xander and we have Xander over here who's suffering from childhood trauma.
2: Yes. Still both Xander, still equal Xander.
1: It's just the different coins. Healthier Xander. Yeah.
2: Um, And the car drive over, we kind of mentioned this earlier. This is the conversation that Buffy and Riley have about her kind of asking him before she could even get out that if he would prefer the side of her that was fully human rather than the side of her that's fully slayer, which is something we've kind of seen Buffy have an insecurity about when it comes to specifically dating Riley. I don't think we saw that as much with Angel because they had some sort of a Like, understanding in that sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they would have this conversation with Riley only because, like, I hate to say it, but he's kind of given her some reason or Mm -hmm. some moments for her to kind of question.
1: That's the thing. The show has prove to us over and over again that Buffy's instincts are really good. And if Buffy is over here constantly questioning somebody and they're repeatedly saying, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. But she keeps saying this episodes later. It's kind of making me want to side with and believe Buffy because Buffy is always right. Um and also, the show is intentionally or unintentionally showing us that Riley is also thinking these things. Um, yeah. There's a really key part of Riley's answer in this this moment right here that I'll talk about at the end of the episode, um, where he says... Buffy, if you led a perfectly normal life, you wouldn't be half as crazy as you are. I got to have that. I'm talking toes, elbows, the whole bad ice skating movie obsession, everything. There's no part of you I'm not in love with. There's a really key thing that he says in there that makes me question. Why does it always sound a little negative? Like I don't get yeah. it. It's yeah. It's always a little demeaning. He's like condescending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also it. I don't get the sense that he loves all of he her. He, and he understands her. The mm-hmm. fact that he says if you led a perfectly normal life, you wouldn't be half as crazy are. I got to have that. Those of us who know the rest of this, the <laughs> season know.
2: He is talking to Buffy as if she isn't a fully fledged like three-dimensional person with all these different facets to herself. He's seeing her as like – or wants to see her as this version of her that's not her in essence. Like –
1: yeah, he,
2: he, he's not talking about all the parts of Buffy that he loves. He's he's projecting into this version of Buffy that he wants her to be. Um, yeah. And it, it just – it comes across that way and it's just kind of icky to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean this moment where he says, there's no part of you I'm not in love with. And the script says, Buffy thinks about his answer. After a quiet beat, she allows herself a little smile. Then she says, we better get there soon if Xander kills himself, he's dead. So this is very interesting because the way that it's acted out on screen, Passioner pointed out too, he's saying that saying that she loves him back never seems to occur to Buffy. Like, Riley is obviously over there waiting for a response, and Buffy just kind of smiles like, oh, that was really nice, and then moves on to the next thing, brushing past that. And I thought the way that was played out was so good. The silence was so loud, dude. There's an intentional pause right there, and Riley has that, like, look of eager anticipation and it doesn't happen. And, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, See, Riley is one of those classic
2: situations where I feel bad initially, And then he has the – and I feel – I'm sorry, but I do. But then at the very end of the episode when he has the conversation with Xander, I'm like, babes, then leave. Like why are you with somebody that you know doesn't feel the exact same? Like if you need somebody to meet you in the exact same way emotionally in the relationship and you feel like that's not what's happening, you either have to communicate that or like – I don't know. You just – you have to leave. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too mean,
1: <laughs> and I know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I know we talked about this in spoilers, but it's really interesting that Buffy told Angel that she loves Riley, but she will not say it to Riley. Yeah. Um, and I find that really interesting because I, I personally, she read wants it, to love Riley. I think she wants to love Riley, but I think she wanted to wound Angel in that moment, which is why she said that. If she was feeling those things, I think she'd tell Riley. And yeah, she doesn't. she was
2: the one that said. That she loved Angel First. She said it in lie to me. Yeah. Um, so back in the apartment, Buffy comes into the apartment and then Fancy Xander unloads the gun
1: by half expertly. All- yeah. Very fancy. Did you see Buffy's face in response to that? She's, She's like, like, okay.
2: <laughs> oh man. And then she throws both of the Xanders in the same spot. I love how they both kind of like land mirroring each other mm-hmm. in the same kind of way. Um, Mm -hmm. she explains that they're both Xander. Then the demon comes in. Um, and then Fancy Xander gets in front of um, no, 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 Anya and and Anya, Anya
1: (laughs) Anya and Trash Xander hide behind Fancy Xander. (laughs) (laughs) Me,
2: yep. (laughs) Then Riley fights, Buffy fights, and then eventually, uh, of course, Buffy ends up stabbing the demon. Poor guy. I'm like, like. I feel like he was kind of like normal, other than the fact that he like, I don't like glowing teeth and like to hang out in the garbage dump. He was like barely in this episode. He was kind of a cool demon. I wanted more of him. This next scene is so funny. Yeah, in the magic shop of. I love how Giles is like, oh, like, they're starting to act like each other. I guess he's a bad influence on himself. Yeah, he's
1: clearly a bad influence on himself. And then, you know, they have the whole talk about having a threesome and, you know, all that stuff. And Giles goes, all right, now we need to arrange the candles. Also, we can continue to pretend we heard none of this disturbing (laughs) sex talk. Giles is me giles is so valid for that and then anya doesn't even like listen to what he says and is like you know it's just it's not like i'd be cheating it's giles just, like in the middle vomiting. of lighting a candle and he literally just like side eyes her it's so funny and then they're both like laughing at like
2: stupid things like oh just chef's kiss i love that they added that in there he's clearly a bad influence on himself <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they both go into the is that what is that like a pentagram am i making yeah, that pentagram. Up? Okay, okay cool yeah um and then the spell worked. Uh, Xander doesn't notice until he looks around and the other side of him. I'm not gonna say which
1: has left. <laughs> oh, fancy Xander! You were great while you were here. Well, we we will miss you. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm like, please visit soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, And
2: then we have our closing scene. We've kind of hinted out throughout the entirety of this episode in the basement. We're moving Xander out. Um, Hallelujah. And we have this whole conversation where Xander kind of starts out talking about, like, the struggles with him and Anya because, like, we had this moment of him being like, Anya, can you please help <laughs> backing up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is also Leah. <laughs> no, literally. There actually was a whole section that was cut out. Dawn was supposed to be in this scene. um, And – there was an exchange between Buffy, Xander, and Dawn. So Buffy says, you look good, Xan, clothes, hair. I think you came out ahead in this whole thing. Xander says, well, well, I got a job in an apartment. If the hair is grooving along with the new vibe, I'm okay with it. Buffy says, I guess maybe we should have kept both of you till we had all the heavy lifting done, huh? Xander says, yeah, but really it was too weird. And my um, less cool half, a sweetheart of a guy, but just – Still, just on the clumsiness issue alone, I don't think anyone would have wanted him around much, which is funny because he's talking about the clumsy side of himself, not the, like he's talking about trash Xander, not like, uh, you know, fancy Xander. Um, so then Riley carries a heavy box by and Xander helps him. Buffy also moves off and Dawn is left and she's standing there and she says wistfully to herself, I would have wanted him. Isn't
0: that so sweet?
2: She wouldn't want to trash Sander. It's so cute. That's
1: because like such... she's in love with him. <laughs> that's kind of creepy though because Dawn's a kid. But she's – yeah, kids have crushes on adults all the time. That is normal. That is normal.
0: Okay, but of course she would have picked trash Sander. She's a kid and in her eyes, Sander doing anything <laughs> is better than another kid. Leah's like, because Dawn is trash. That's why she no, picked No, I'm just saying like that's not sweet because it's like of course a kid is going to pick the – any the version of version. their adult crush because it's like in yeah. a kid's eyes, an adult is always going to look impressive, even sure. the trash versions of
1: them. I thought it was a cute moment even though they didn't put it in. I get the logic about like on it, but I, yeah, I just thought it was kind of cute. All right. Yeah, so this moment here.
2: Ugh. Well, Riley has this weird monologue where he's like, when I'm with her, I feel like I'm split in two. One side's like <sighs> – you know, God, not another uh, all parts of me are tingling uh, the speech again. Uh, humming. No,
1: my skin is humming. <laughs> and he's like, all parts of me. And he looks down. You're like, okay, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We get it. We get that you're attracted to her. Okay. We had where the wild things are. We all had to suffer through that. Okay.
2: Yeah. He's like, half of me's on fire going crazy if I'm not touching her. And then the other half is so still and peaceful, just perfectly content. Is um, it though? Is it though? Whole- yeah, he seems like he's on fight or flight mode half the time when he's alone with Buffy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't see one version of you that's peaceful, Riley.
1: Really. Not yeah. one version. Or content. Okay, so so it's interesting that he talks about being split in two. Again, this comparison between him and Xander. Like they're trying to show that like mm-hmm. there's the dualness they have the of Riley. Yeah, they have, they're bros. They get it. Okay, can I get my soapbox for a minute? Yes, go for it, Sarah. Okay. So I can only get on half of my soapbox because the other half is going to be on the spoiler and I hate like constantly leaving you guys hanging, but – Got to get the – buy me a coffee. Got to get the, the, the reviews in. Got to get the buy me – no, but seriously, I I had an epiphany and I – like it just dawned on me what the show is doing with Riley and with Buffy. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to talk about in spoilers. So buy us a copy if you guys want to hear it because it's going to be good. Anyway, all right. So this is where it kind of hit me. The show is trying to tell us that it isn't that Riley doesn't love both sides of Buffy. It's that Buffy is grappling with who she is and she doesn't love Riley for whatever reason. So the the show is trying to make it that it's not Riley's fault that Buffy doesn't love him, that it's a Buffy problem. We will talk more about that later. The problem is the show in this episode, and we talked about this, are inconsistent with how they portray Riley because it genuinely does feel as though Riley has an issue with her power, even if he says he doesn't. Because Riley isn't a fully fleshed out character with desires other than being in the military and having Buffy, we're left to draw our own conclusions as to why Buffy doesn't love him and why he seems frustrated when she does Slayer's stuff. Riley's purpose has always been to be the normal guy that Buffy dates and tries on. That was the point of season four. Buffy was trying normalcy on for the first time, like almost fully. Like she's like, wow, I can actually maybe slay with people who are also human. Like we have a lot in common here. And we saw how that didn't work out. Um, That's literally Riley's only purpose at this point, is to continue to be the normal guy that Buffy dates, which all of that leads us to conclude that Buffy struggles to love Riley because of her Slayer side. She needs someone who she who can share in that. And I think this goes back to why I think that's why they're comparing Riley and Xander. I mean, they did it from the get-go with having him sitting on the couch with Xander at the beginning. Like, they have just have been doing so many parallels. Riley relates to Xander because he feels that his lack of supernaturalness is the reason that Buffy doesn't love him. I think, that, I think that's what Riley's trying to say. However, again, if Xander and his journey in this episode are supposed to represent Buffy, like Passion the Nerd pointed out before, the show is trying to show us that Buffy needs her vulnerable human side, that it is a necessary component to a strong and complete human being. And since Riley has represented that, that side that Buffy needs and that this episode is trying to say, hey, Buffy needs that supposedly weaker side of her, then that leads us to conclude and that shows us that the show is trying to sympathize with Riley, even though Buffy is absolutely not in the wrong for what she's doing here. And if you know where the show goes, you guys know where I'm going with this. Um It feels like the show is trying to, like, I don't think anybody is necessarily in the wrong, but I question what the show is trying to do right now because it's almost like it's villainizing Buffy in a way. Um and last, lastly, I'll say this Mark Field has a really good, balanced approach to this. He says, one obvious response to Riley would be that love is a spectrum, not an on-off switch. I'd agree that Buffy doesn't love him the way he loves her. The issue that's been debated since we got contrasting views in Beauty and the Beast and Lover's Walk is just how all-consuming love should be. The episode opened with him telling her, hey, Buff, maybe you ought to leave the work behind sometimes. You're not always on Slayer duty, you know? Although Riley claimed that he got the whole Slayer package, it's not clear that he really understands what that means. His statement that she's not always on Slayer duty demonstrates that he doesn't really get it. It is, as Kendra said, who you are, not just a part. So like that whole thing where he says, he's like, I've got to have that crazy side of you, Buffy, or I have to have like, I, he, he's still referring to Buffy's slang as a part of Buffy. What he doesn't get is it that's, that's part of all of Buffy. And that's what this episode is trying mm. to show. That is Buffy. That's not just a part of her. That's who she is. And so in the car, when he says, I get that it's a part of you, he's inherently showing he doesn't understand who Buffy is.
2: I I think – I mean, I think this is going to sound so harsh, like I said earlier, but it's like, if you're sitting here being like, but she doesn't love me. It's like, babes, you've been together for a year now. It's been a full yeah. year. If, if I said I love you to my significant other, like way long ago and i've said it and even as of the night beforehand said there's no part of you i don't love and there's crickets best believe i'm leaving i'm humiliated i'm like i don't want to be in a relationship where i'm like questioning if they want to be with me and they don't love me like that's at some point it's like you can't just keep like playing the victim in this relationship it's going to grow towards a lot of bitterness like your relationship is not going to be salvageable at that point like either have honest conversation where you're like Do you see yourself loving me? Do you love me? Like, why haven't you said it? Like, it's an awkward, awful, hard conversation to have. But, like, it's been a year. Like, I don't think you should be with somebody. Like, this is my opinion. You guys can disagree. But, like, I don't think you should be with somebody at year point and they haven't said I love you back. Like, at that point, it's like you need to move on.
0: Hmm. I just – yeah, I think there's a point where he has to take responsibility and be like – Am I going to sit here and be okay if she never can love me? Am I going to mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to choose to walk away because I want something more? And neither of those are necessarily bad decisions. I, I don't even fault Riley if he walked be away with or yourself. if he stayed. It's the fact that he's staying and constantly expecting something from Buffy that she's been pretty clear that she can't give him.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree. And it's just the frustration that he's not having this conversation with Buffy. It's with Xander once again. I just I understand that the show is trying to build the tension and all this stuff, but like Riley needs to have a conversation with Buffy and say, hey, I care about you a lot. Like I've told you I love you a couple times now. You have not said it back to me. What is going on? Like I- I'm pretty serious about this. Where are you at? And we're not getting that. I don't think we're going to get that. Um they haven't had the conversation, like yeah. the conversation
2: of like what do I actually mean to you? Like yes, we hang out all the time. Yes, like we have so much fun. We're affectionate. Like we enjoy each other's company. But I just feel like they're just kind of coasting when they're around each other. They're playing the roles of boyfriend and girlfriend without actually having a conversation of like. And that's a very classic thing. Don't get me wrong. To do it in your twenty, like especially when you're twenty. Um. You're really young is like maybe having those relationships where you're not really questioning the longevity of it. You're kind of playing the characters of boyfriend and girlfriend. But if you, the L word is being thrown around by one person and they're putting expectation on the relationship, you need to sit down and be like, okay, what are what do we want out of this relationship? Where are we going? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I thought that episode was really fun. I thought there were some really good moments. Um, Yeah. And I'm I'm excited for next episode. It's going to be episode four. Yeah. Because we start getting into some some interesting stuff. And yeah, we only have a few more episodes before we start getting into like the nitty gritty of this season, which is going to be really fun.
2: And like the first couple episodes of season five are still really great, but I'm just really excited for it to get into like – what season five's main storyline is really about mm-hmm. and we're really close to it like it kind of like season, season five gets into it a lot faster than i think any of the other seasons get into it like they really introduced the big bad really soon into season five whereas season four it was like adam came in like three fourths through the season and even season two like yeah like spike and um drusilla come in episode like six or something but then we don't have
1: angels until episode like 14 so uh um, there's always a twist in every yeah. every season you always think it's going you one, think it's place one place thing and then, yeah yeah but like i feel like season
2: five kind of gets into it pretty quickly like it's pretty like fast yeah
1: it, it really does i know yeah. i'm so excited all right guys That was The Replacement. We hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, thank you so much to our supporters who buy us a coffee. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to our producer, Chrissy. Uh, And if you guys want to support us and listen to our spoiler episodes, also our Twilight recaps, which are so fun, led by Leah, uh, you guys can find us at buymeacoffee.com slash becoming Buffy. And if you guys just want to shoot us a DM, tell us your thoughts on this episode. Tell us your thoughts about Riley dropping the bomb that Buffy doesn't love him. What do you guys think about that? Spoiler or non-spoiler thoughts? You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Tumblr at Becoming Buffy Podcast, and you can email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com. Special shout out and thank you to our producers, Cashan, CJ, Paul, and Chrissy. Thank you to our listeners, and we will talk to you all next time.